Welcome to the Vanguard Church Podcast. You're about to hear a sermon from Vanguard Church Central in the heart of Colorado Springs. With every message, it's our prayer that you hear and learn how to live out your faith in real relationship with Jesus and with others. May your faith be strengthened, your hope increased, and your heart inspired to live for Jesus no matter the cost. Stay tuned. Thanks for listening. Good morning, Vanguard. Do you ever long to find that unique, special calling that God has for your life? When I was six years old, I wasn't feeling well one Sunday morning, and so I stayed home from church, and my mom had to stay home with me, and and I started to feel a little better as that Sunday morning went on, and as a six-year-old in 1977, I decided that I was going to host church at my house. So I got out my Bible, and I went and found all the pillows, but you have to understand, I'm from Kentucky, we say pillars. We don't say pillows. Why would you take time to do that? Amen. And I went and I got all the pillars in the house and I put them around the living room and I began to preach and I began to share the gospel. And at the end of my service, I called for salvation. Every pillar in the house got saved. And here I am, what, 46 years later. That little six-year-old moment propelled me to this moment. And maybe you feel like in your life that whatever it is that you feel is special about you, or maybe you haven't figured that out yet, maybe you feel like it's dumb, it's silly, who cares, it doesn't matter. Well, I want to encourage you today that each one of us have a unique calling on our lives, and I want to embarrass a couple today, uh, Desiree and Aaron. Would you guys, you knew I was going to do this. Come on, stand. I want everybody, would you guys welcome Desiree and Aaron? I want to, you guys stay standing for a second. They are now two weeks into leading our young couples uh, ministry, and they had a wonderful ministry time last night. And I just want to encourage you, if you know of a young couple, uh, that young married that wants to connect to their ministry, let me, let Pastor Jenny, let them know. We want to continue to build into this ministry. It's off to a great start. And if you know of a young couple, you are a young couple. If you'd like to think you're a young couple, okay, come and we'll, we'll check on you on that. So God bless you all. Thank you for investing in what God has called you to do and living out the unique calling that God's placed on your life. Would you join me in thanking them one more time? I want to embarrass Jonah and Rachel for a second. Would you guys please stand? Would you guys welcome Jonah and Rachel as well? Thursday night in front of 700 people and then Friday night in front of 700 people, almost 1,500 people at Life Network's annual gala, which by the way, I believe in more than I can even have words to describe to you how important it is that we save the lives of the most innocent, the unborn. And these two are vested in this ministry. 
These two are leading in this ministry. They are liaisons in this ministry for us. They are a strategic partner of ours. Uh, and I just want to encourage you uh, to bless this ministry. We bless you guys. We bless Rich Bennett. Uh, we're so grateful for this ministry. And I don't know if you know this or not. We're the only, hear this, and y'all stay standing while I say this. We're the only state in the United States that has outlawed the pill that reverses the pill that causes abortion. We are a state of death. We are leading the nation in killing babies. That's what we're known for as a state. Would you pray for Jonah and Rachel? Because they are standing in the gap for the babies that this nation does not want to stand in the gap for. Would you bless them one more time? Thank you, guys. I point out these young couples because I want you to ask yourself today as we go through this, what is the unique calling on your life that you're going to go out and you're going to live in this city, in this community, in this state, in this nation, and in this world? We sat next to a couple uh, at the Life Network banquet that knew of Ann Wooten and her ministry. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that incredible? Andrea does ministry to uh, elderly individuals all over the city. And she had, uh, she's the oldest, right, in our city? Yes. How old is she, Andrea? 107. 107 years old. And just a few weeks ago, uh, she, tell me her name again. I'm sorry, Andrea. Jean. Jean. So a few weeks ago, and tell me if I get this story right, Andrea. A few weeks ago, Andrea was taking care of her, and she was talking about one of her neighbors and how God had used this church to minister to one of her neighbors. And Andrea said, well, who's your neighbor? And Jean said, Marjean, right here sitting in this seat. And Marjean, how long have you gone to Vanguard? before this building, 20 plus years. And here Andrea's like, oh yeah, I've heard of that church. I've gone to that church for 20 plus years myself. See, I don't think you understand that when you do the unique thing that God puts on your life and you don't quit, you'll get to see the undergirding of the tapestry of how he weaves relationships together. A week from this Wednesday, we're going to have 40 to 50 pastors in T6 from all over our city. We're going to be praying. I'm going to ask the question, uh, have you had a moment in your life that you wanted to quit and why didn't you? What kept you from doing it? What kept you from doing it? Every one of us have a unique calling on our lives and we share in a community of faith together. But I want you to understand, it's not the pastor. This is not the celebrity hour. This is the let's live for Jesus hour and let's go and let's each live out the calling that God has placed on our lives. Let's collectively do that together. And sometimes we try to do things that we're not gifted to do. Also, when I was six years old, uh, I used to go outside, Tony, and I would practice my sky hook like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. But here's the problem. I'm not 7'4". 
And so I can't even get a sky hook off because I'm, you know, not even close to 7-4. And some of us are trying to be something we're not. And you have to learn to accept the calling that God has on your life and who he's created you to be. You go, and, and we may sometimes, like Peter, go, but I want John's gifts. And the Lord says, don't you worry about John, Peter. You just do what I've called you to do. So I want to invite you today to take your program, your Bible, or your internet device. We're going to look at Ephesians chapter 3, verses 1 to 21 today. And I want to invite you to be a virtual evangelist this morning. Good morning, Holly. It is good to see you. Good morning, Miss Eileen Larkin. It is good to see you. Good morning, Teresa Knight. It is good to see you. Good morning, John Ellsbury in the house and online here. Good morning, Mary and Melinda and Andrew. I could go on and on. Yvonne, it is so good to have you either in the house or have you online today. And I want to encourage you that you are not limited by space in the calling that God has on your life. There is nothing in this world that can keep you from doing what God has called you to do and give you the ability to live that out and to press into that, into that unique calling, in that unique gifting, in that unique purpose that he has placed on your life. So how do you accept your unique faith grind? That's the question we're going to answer today. Look at Ephesians chapter 3, verse 1. Now, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, because of my preaching to you Gentiles, to us, the the non-Jews, I want you to see this verse again. Paul, A prisoner of Christ Jesus because of my, somebody say it, my preaching. Let me say it another way. Paul is saying to the Gentiles, to us, if I'll just shut up, my life will be better. I'll get out of jail. I'll get out of prison. And the enemy is saying to you today, If you will just stop, if you'll stop proclaiming Jesus, a lot of your problems will go away. And I want you to understand, just like I said to Jonah and Rachel when they came through the door, I said, your marriage is in my prayers right now. Because whenever you step up and share like they did this week, the enemy's like, come on, boys, let's go get them. You say, well, enemy's not coming after me. (laughs) Okay. You got your answer. Paul, I know. Jesus, I know. But who are you? Every one of us have been called to bear up under a unique grind that is complementary to the calling that God has placed on our lives. And do you understand that Paul could have said, you know what, I am a victim of my circumstances. But instead he said, no, no, no. I have a valuable calling on my life. I am not a victim of my circumstances. I have a valuable calling from Christ on my life. 
And so whether or not I understand, you go, well, how do you know if the difficulty you're going through in your life has anything to do with the Lord? Let me give you a little verse. Endure hardship as discipline from the Lord. You go, which hardship? All of it. If you are going through hardship, assume there is a discipline from the Lord. You go, well, what did I do wrong? Sometimes God disciplines us not because we do things wrong, to prepare us for a greater blessing that's going to come from the calling that he has placed on our lives. And if you are going through something difficult in your life, it means that God is preparing you for your valuable calling to be put on display so that the world can see who he is through you. Amen? Verse 2. As you already know, God has given me this special ministry of announcing his favor to you Gentiles. As you already know, God has given me this special favor of announcing his favor to you Gentiles. And as I briefly mentioned earlier in the letter, Paul says, God himself revealed his secret plan to me. And as you read what I've written you will understand what I know about this plan regarding Christ. God did not reveal it to previous generations, but now he has revealed it by the Holy Spirit to his holy apostles and prophets. And this is the secret plan. What is the secret sauce? What is the secret plan? The Gentiles, us, have an equal share with the Jews in all the riches inherited by God's children, both groups have believed the good news. And both are a part of the same body and enjoy together the promise of blessings through Christ Jesus. So how do we live out this unique spiritual calling that God has given us? Number one, you embrace suffering for others for the sake of Jesus. You embrace suffering for others for Jesus' sake. Now, Paul was physically put in prison by Nero's regimen. Nero was eradicating Christians during Paul's time. And Paul was thrown in jail because he wouldn't shut up. And they kept beating him in acts. If the guy doesn't shut up, hit him. If the guy doesn't shut up, stone him. One of my favorite verses in Acts is when it says, they beat him up and stoned him, left him for dead outside the city, and he got up and went back in. He is a glutton for the special calling that God has on his life. 
And the question is, as you go through the sorrows of your life, you are going to get enough intel about your life to say, you know what? When I put my toe in that water, it costs me greatly. And what's beautiful about aged faith is that you know what you're getting yourself into and you do it anyway. You do it anyway. You do it anyway. You live out the calling that God has placed on your life. And do you think that Paul didn't think to himself, you know what, I'm, excuse me, if, if, if Paul didn't think to himself, you know, if I say this, this is going to happen to me. God, if I do this, I am going to have to suffer like this. And the Lord says, do it anyway. Do it anyway. Do it anyway. See, when you stand before the Lord on judgment day, it's just going to be you and Jesus. You and Jesus. That's it. That's it. And we're going to have to give an account for all that we've done. Pastor John and I went down to Penrose on Tuesday and spent a couple of hours with prayer intercessor Jerry Tolley. And Jerry, if you're watching this morning, love you, brother. We stand with you in the darkest days of your life. Right now, we stand with you. And I looked at Jerry before we left and I said, Jerry, your reward's great. And he started to weep and he said, doesn't feel like it. And I said, well, the enemy can touch your feelings. He'll never touch your reward. And while you don't feel anything, your reward's getting greater in heaven. It doesn't matter what you feel. Feelings are deceivings and the enemy lies to us in our thoughts and our feelings when we suffer. But when we choose to obey and be faithful, our reward increases in heaven. And when we get to heaven and we see the rewards that God has entrusted to us, regardless of the feelings that we had in certain seasons of our lives, we're going to be the most shocked because the greatest reward God has for us is probably going to come from seasons when we felt our faith the least. Faith is a choice. You say, is faith a feeling? Well, of course it is. We have to eventually experience the faith that we choose to believe in. And it is through that experience that, that we get confirmation. But sometimes, listen to this, sometimes you have to sit in a jail cell and struggle with every imaginable fear and choose to see yourself as a servant, as a prisoner of Jesus Christ. Now, you're going to be a prisoner of something, either Nero or Jesus. The powers of this world or the power that rules this world. And every one of us are going to struggle but here's the thing. Can you accept your calling? 
If you go back and you look at every epistle that Paul writes, he goes back to his calling. You say, well, what was his calling? To preach to Gentiles. So what? What's the big deal? He was a Jew. Anybody want to go preach to people that, that don't look like you? You want to go preach to people who didn't grow up like you? You want to go preach to people? See, if you're going to do what God has called you to do, you're going to go do something that you don't want to do sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to call you to go be something that you humanly would not choose to be. But you say to the Lord, Lord, that seems weird. That seems awkward. But if that's what you've called me to do, I'll do it. I'll do what you've told me to do. Paul continues. Look at verse 7. By God's special favor and mighty power, I've been given the wonderful, somebody say it, the wonderful what? Privilege. I've done this pastoring thing long enough that I've had seasons where I'm not sure it felt like a privilege. Some of you in the house and some of you online have been followers of Jesus Christ long enough and you've sacrificed and you've gone through certain sorrows and suffering in your life that you're not exactly sure that it's a privilege. This man's in prison. Listen to what he says again. I've been given the wonderful privilege of serving him, Jesus, by spreading his good news. So how do we live out this unique calling? Number two, see your, see your privilege, not just your pain. It's easy to get fixated on your hurt when you don't like what's going on in your spiritual life. And it's easy to begin to pray. And I read this. I'm reading this little book, and I can't recommend it because I'm not done with it, but it's, it's, the, um, it's The Soul of Man and the Heart of God by Henry Skugel. I believe that's the name of the book. And he said this morning, he said, what do you think Jesus went away to talk to the Father about. Since he had no earthly desires and he never sinned, <laughs> what did Jesus talk to the Father about? And this, I mean, it's an amazing thought. When you give up your selfish desires and ambitions in life and you stop your pursuits of sinfulness, what do you talk to God about? You begin to talk to him about his kingdom and how he wants to use you to bring others to where you are. And you begin to have names of people that you go, Lord, how do I engage that individual? How do I talk to that person? And see, God has given you and I the privilege not just to suffer for him, but to represent him. My biggest question to God when I get to heaven, 
It's always been my biggest question. Why did you go back to heaven and leave us to do a job you could do better? You could have stayed here and did it perfectly. And yet you said, and I have to go away because if I don't go away, the Holy Spirit won't come. Well, why don't you just stay and do the work? Because the Lord wants you and I to have the privilege of joining him in it. And I just want to encourage you that when you feel pain in your calling, he felt it too. But he gives you the privilege of getting a reward for living a life that he's called you to live. To be the man or to be the woman that he has created you to be. Now look at verse 8. Just think. Though I did nothing to deserve it, though I'm the least deserving Christian there is, I was chosen for this special joy of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. It's perspective, isn't it? I was chosen to explain to everyone this plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. I want you to hear this. God has chosen you to represent him to other people. You go, oh, no, I can never do that. Are you a believer in Jesus Christ? Yes, you are doing that. You have been called to represent Jesus to other people. It's a privilege to represent the God of the universe. When you get to heaven, maybe God will, instead of saying, did you, you know, do this or do that, maybe he'll say to you, did you see it as a privilege? Did you see it as a privilege? Did you see spending time with me and representing me as a privilege? I'm now old enough, Pastor John, and I don't know when this started happening, but, but it's starting to become real to me. As I get older, I feel less, less comfortable in this world. This feels less like home to me with every waking day. My soul says, I'm made for more than this. But I have to be faithful until he calls me home. I have to be faithful until he calls me home. And so do you. And it's okay that you have less satisfaction in your life than you used to have. That's a healthy sign. It's okay that you long more for heaven than you used to. That's a healthy sign. You say, what, do you hate your life? No. No, there's all kinds of stuff I love about my life. I, I could list it all off for you. There's all kinds of stuff I love. There's all kinds of stuff I enjoy. 
But as I age, it's like, I don't want to live here forever. I don't want to stay here forever. I want to be faithful. I want to enjoy the life that God has entrusted to me. I want to see it as a privilege that God has given me life and allows me. But at the end of the day, I have a home waiting for me. Every book that Paul wrote refers back to his calling. Every one of us have been called, Jew and Gentile, to serve the same God. doesn't matter what race we are. The gospel is for everybody. It's for everybody. So look at verse 12. Because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come fearlessly, I love that, into God's presence, assured of his glad welcome. I love spending time with the Lord. You say, how come? Because he's the only one that's always glad to see me. You say, how about your wife? Well, how about me? I'm not even glad to see myself sometimes. Sometimes I look in the mirror and go, oh, it's you again. Verse 12, verse 13. So please don't despair because of what they're doing to me here. Let's read that again. Please don't despair because of what they're doing to me here. It's for you that I'm suffering. So you should feel honored and encouraged. That makes me emotional. Number three, encourage others with God's presence through fulfilling your purpose. Encourage others with God's presence through fulfilling your purpose. I've been talking, I had a phone meeting with Brian Beatty, the original worship pastor of our church. He and I continue to be friends and he's been such an encouragement to me in this season. It's easy for people to look at spiritual people and say, man, I feel sorry for that guy. And the Lord says, no, tell people. Tell people. This suffering is for you. This suffering, don't despair. Don't despair. My suffering is for your sake. It is, my st- it is my calling to stand in the gap for you. I do that with great honor. That's what God has called you to. Now look at the prayer. Verse 14, when I think of the wisdom and the scope of God's plan, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth, Pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he'll give you mighty inner strength through his Holy Spirit. Do you know what he's praying for? Mighty inner strength. Underline that. Mighty inner strength. Now, how do we get mighty inner strength? He tells us. 
through the Holy Spirit. Remember, Jesus said, if I don't go away, the Holy Spirit won't come. But if I do go away, the Holy Spirit will come. And why does the Holy Spirit need to come? Because it is through the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you that you get great inner strength. Now, how do you get great inner strength? There's many ways you get it. Charles Spurgeon was asked, what's more important, reading the Bible or praying? He said, well, let me ask you this. What's more important, breathing in or breathing out? (laughs) Amen? We breathe in God's word. We breathe out prayers to God. We breathe in God's word. We breathe out prayers to God. They're both vital. So look at prayer number two. So once we get that inner strength and we're ready to go, then he says, I pray that Christ will be more and more at home in your hearts as you trust in him. You say, what does that mean? Well, let me say it this way. If you go home after church and Jesus is sitting in your living room, you go, this is awkward. Really? No, you want to live your life imagining Jesus sitting in your living room. Watching TV with you. Watching whatever you watch on social media. Drinking whatever you drink. Eating whatever you eat. Laughing at whatever you laugh at. Hmm? See, you're not going to have the peace of Christ if you're looking for the success of the world. And you're not going to have the peace of Christ if you're looking for the world to satisfy the desires of your life. But see, if you're like, whoa, I want some inner strength and I want Christ to be more at home. So here's what you have to do. Christ will be more at home as you hide less from who you really are and you start telling him about the real you. And the more you tell him about the real you, the more he will be at home in your heart. Look at verse 17. Now, once he's at home more in your heart, look what happens. May your roots go down deep into the soil of God's marvelous love. Uh Uh-oh. We get the strength, then we get this presence, then we get this love. Isn't that awesome? You go, how do I love my wife better? Here's how. Ask God for his strength. Welcome him to sit next to you in your living room. And all of a sudden, you'll love your wife better. Because selfishness will begin to die. Because Jesus is not selfish. He's selfless. Because no greater love than his. He laid down his life, even for his enemies. God laid down his life for people that he knew would never believe in him. That's how much he loves people. I pray that Christ will be more and more at home. May your roots go down deep into the soil of God's marvelous love. Did you know that 
the toughest roots are formed in the rocks of life. And the soggy soil near the banks of the creek do not produce durability or endurance. And so if you want there to be some tough roots developed deep inside of you, you got to endure some things. You got to wake up and go to sleep, wake up and go to sleep, wake up and go to sleep. Verse 18, and may you, once those roots are deep inside of you, look what happens. May you have power to understand. See, what happens is inner strength causes you to welcome the Spirit next to you. The Spirit welcome next to you. All of a sudden, there's love that comes out. And when there's power and love, now there is understanding. As all God's people should. How wide, how long, how high, how deep his love really is. How many sermons have I heard in the American church about trying to reassure Christians that God loves them? I'm not talking about lost people. I'm talking about Christians. We got to reassure Christians that God loves them. Why? Here's why. Because you're not asking for the inner strength. You're not sitting next to Christ. And you're not getting the understanding that he has for you. See, because the understanding that he has for you will enable you to experience the love he has for you. And when you spend time with God, you can't help but be loved by God. And if you want to be more loved by God, spend more time with God. And he will love you more. You say, he'll love me more? you'll experience his love more. He can't love you anymore. But the reason why you can't feel God's love is because you won't invite him into the real you. And as long as you hide who you are, you'll miss out on who he is. And I can't tell you enough, God loves you. You got to experience it for yourself. You got to experience it for yourself. I said to my son last Saturday, a week ago yesterday, Joshua, that makes me feel so loved by you. And he's like, you didn't know? I go, no, I knew. But now I know. Now I know. Now I know. Now I know. Are you praying for understanding that you may know how deep and wide and high. Maybe you need to pray this prayer. Lord, teach me what intimacy with you looks like between you to me and me to you. Teach me what it looks like. And look at the result. Verse 19. May you experience the love of Christ. Though it's so great, you'll never fully understand it. If you're going to drown, drown in his love. You'll be filled with the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now glory be to God. Glory be to God.
to God. By his mighty power at work within us, he's able to accomplish eh, a few things every now and then. No, no. Infinitely more than we would ever dare to ask or hope. I'm afraid to ask, Lord. He said, I'm going to do it anyway. I, I, that, I, I'm going to do it anyway. May he be given glory in the church and in Christ Jesus forever and ever and ever and ever through endless ages. He's able to accomplish infinitely more than we would ever dare to ask or hope. This is the prayer I pray for you. May you realize, may you today realize you exist because of him, for him. May you realize today that you exist because of him and for him. If you can grasp these two things, it will transform the rest of your life. I exist to make Jesus famous. That's it. In Jesus' name, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I'm so grateful that 46 years ago you used me to lead all those pillows to Jesus. It just gave me a lot of hope. My mama was there and she she honored that moment. She honored that moment in my life. She didn't laugh at me. She believed in me. She saw the sincerity of my faith. She fostered it. She encouraged it. She championed it. She applauded it. And here I am, product of faith from generations before, representing to others who need to know that God believes in them and that he is why they exist and he is for them in their existence. Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord. I'm so grateful, so grateful for Paul prisoner for Jesus. He said it best. This is a privilege. It's a privilege to be. Thanks for listening to the Vanguard Central podcast. We encourage you to go out and live your faith in real relationship with Jesus and with others. God bless you, friend. See you next time.